tieflings and tabaxi, high elves and halflings, barbarians and bards. Welcome back to Raw School. Open up your player's handbook as we take another deep dive into the magical and mystical world of Dungeons and Dragons. Class is now in session. Welcome back, pupils. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So this is the second in our segment on gameplay. So we started with role playing. Now we are dabbing right on into ability checks. Anna. Yes. What? Professor. Professor Anna. <laughs> what? What is an ability check? Excellent question, Professor Joe. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> well, ability checks, uh, you'll notice if you were following along and creating your characters, uh, as we did our character creation segment, you'll notice that there's a lot of numbers associated with uh, different types of abilities. Stealth, um, intelligence, wisdom, survival, medicine, persuasion. What do these all mean? Well, part of playing D&D, especially 5e, is getting to tell a story, right? So the way that an effective story is told is that not everything is going to be predictable to you. Um, you're going to learn some pieces of information. You're going to interact with things in game. You're going to come across something. And then you're going to want to do things as a reaction to what you come across, right? So right. if you're in a dungeon and you see a chest and you want to open that chest and see what's inside, yeah, sure, the DM could just tell you, but where's the fun <laughs> in that? Where's the mystery in that? Instead, the DM could say, well, why don't you roll an investigation check? And then depending on how well that roll goes, that is what's going to determine how much you find in that chest. So the story remains unpredictable, not just to the players, but to the DM too. Yeah. And and even like, I, I guess I would say like ability checks are your way to interact with the world that you've all just created through your role playing, right? Right. So like the, the DM gives you this great narrative and says, okay, so you all end up in, in a dungeon and maybe there's sound effects and whatever. And you're walking through and they say it's shadowy and dark and you see a chest up ahead. Well, sure. Maybe you go up and you say, okay, I want to, I want to open that chest. All right, go ahead and open it. And you go to open it and you, what you didn't do was inspect the chest first. And as a result, there's a rope trap connected to it. And as you open it, it releases a, pu a puff of poison gas and you take 10 D 10 poison damage. <laughs> well, maybe instead an option could have been, wait, 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 I want to go up and I want to look around the chest. I want to investigate around the chest. I want to try and sense, do I smell anything in the air? So maybe, maybe that's a perception check. Do I it's hear a mysterious ticking noise? <laughs> Snipe, Snipe, Cerberus, Snipe. Double! <laughs> You're welcome, everyone who gets that. And if you don't get it, then shame on you. Seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, it's all about how you are going and interacting with the world that you're all creating through your role playing. Right. And you know, you're in this dungeon and then down a dark hallway, you see something shimmering and it could be gold, but then you also sense some movement. So instead of just walking up to that shimmering thing, you say, I want to, I want to go quietly and stealthily 
Mm. How successful will you be? That's exactly the kind of stuff that your DM will have you roll for. He'll say roll or she will say roll a stealth check. And then, hey, if you roll a natural one on a stealth check, guess what? Maybe your shield fell down and it made a loud clanging noise in that dungeon. And now you're getting attacked by goblins. That's (laughs) what happens with ability checks. They can determine what you fight, when you fight, how you fight. They can determine what you see, what you find, what you eat, who survives. (laughs) I love it. So, okay, so maybe let's let's. Let's break down some of the the skills that you'll be doing most of the time. So I guess, Anna, you, you spoke a little bit about all the different things that you can do checks on. So the most common things you'll be doing checks for are skill checks. So that's all of the stuff that relates to your ability score and may or may not include your proficiency modifier. Mm-hmm. So if we look at things like athletics, um, that might be, uh, you know, like your ability to to engage in, in, in a feat of strength and lift something or pull something. Um, you have uh, acrobatics, like maybe you're trying to jump off a building and land without getting injured. And then there's like, so if you're looking at dexterity, that's acrobatics, then you have sleight of hand. Maybe you're trying to pickpocket someone, or maybe you're trying to, to like Indiana Jones, move the, the, I haven't seen it in such a long time. You <laughs> with move the, sack the thing, and the thing with replacing and the ball a little satchel. Rolling, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. The thing with the sack and the ball, um, as Anna so aptly put it. Um, and then, okay. And then there's stealth checks. That's obvious. How quiet can you be? If you roll a natural one, are you clanging like pots and pans down a hallway? If you roll a nat 20, maybe your own party doesn't even know where you went. Um, yeah. And then you have intelligence. Anna, so what are the intelligence ones? Sure. Okay. So then you have you have intelligence skills. So arcana. And the way that I always imagine this is that like you're trying to perform something magical and to kind of determine how successful or how much you know about that thing that's outside of, you know, your like known list of spells, maybe um, you do an arcana check. So if you read like a magical scroll and you're mm. about to be imbued with some sort of magical knowledge, then the DM might have you roll an arcana check to see how successful you are with that. Then there's history, which is pretty straightforward, right? You just, yeah. <laughs> snooze fest. Snooze fest. Actually, no, it's really history, important. It's really important. history is so important because it can it can give you nuggets about where your plot is going to go. Because yeah. um, guess what? History tends to repeat itself. So you really want to know what yeah. the cursed history behind that object is so that you know uh, <laughs> what to also, avoid. Also, like... Also, history in D&D is so much fun because as players, it's like your your characters theoretically know the history of the world to some extent, um, but they don't know everything and you know nothing. Right. So you get to learn about the world around you by like reading a whole books new world. and libraries. Yeah, a whole new... Nope, copyright. Nope, nope, nope. Um, <laughs> uh, but... But like one of my favorite things is when players go to libraries and they yes. each want to learn something new. And I'm like, yes, I get to lore dump and it's going to be fucking great. <laughs> then you have investigation, which we've talked about, which can honestly be life saving, just like Joe described, mm. because if you don't take the time to investigate things, you will fall into traps. Um, so many. And nature, um, you go in and you find an herb 
and you want to know is this a helpful herb is this a poisonous herb uh i'm i'm a spellcaster that needs things for my components pouch is this going to help me can i make potions with this a nature check can tell you that kind of stuff and then you have religion checks which you know is also pretty straightforward but you want to learn about a certain god maybe you want to start following a new religion or start uh listening to a new god and you need to know more about that and that's when your dm could have you make a religion check yeah, or maybe you observe some kind of ritual and Ooh. from far away it looks like it could either be like really like creepy or kind of just like benign. Maybe a religion check might help you understand like what is what actually is going on there. Joe, would you like a would you like to walk us through uh wisdom? Sure. So first we have animal handling. That's literally how many animals you can hold at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it might be. Hey, it might be. That took uh, me that, a second to like get. I know, I was the synaptic function was slowing down. And I was like, yeah, yeah. How many yeah, animals wait. you're holding? How many what? I was like, wait, what? How many baby owlbears can I hold? Um, that actually might make more sense as athletics. But animal handling is like, like if you're riding a horse, how well you're able to control that horse or mm-hmm. to have the horse or mule steer the cart. Or maybe like to interact with a wild animal to ensure that it doesn't attack you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we we are playing in an Icewind Dale campaign where we travel across the tundra, uh, the icy tundra, um, b- by snow dogs. And our DM has us make handling checks, animal handling checks, to make sure that you know our snow dogs are staying on track and listening to us. And that's mm-hmm. a that's a perfect example of how you'd use that check. Yeah. So my next one is one of my favorite checks in all of D D. Insight. Your ability to either like like evince the true nature of something or to tell if someone is lying. I fucking love inside checks. Um, I love doing them against my fellow players when I think that they're full of shit. I love doing it against pretty much every NPC we come across because I do not trust a goddamn thing because I'm a DM and I know how it works. (laughs) Um, as a DM, I don't get to do inside checks a whole lot because it's kind of pointless. So, um, okay, so then we have medicine checks. That, that example Anna used with, with the herbs, that could also be a medicinal in nature. C- could this be used to heal someone? Could this be used to um, prevent a disease or, or counteract a disease? Maybe that's a medicine check. Another common use for medicine checks is... Um, uh, to determine whether or not like things you find on dead creatures like uh their their saliva or venom or whatever could be used in some sort of concoction that's mm-hmm. oftentimes a medicine check um then you have one of the most important and one of the most common skills checks in all of D perception your ability to just even perceive that there is something around you in the environment it could really save your ass sometimes and and it's more it's sometimes more than just what you can see, right? Like s- mm. perception goes beyond sight. And that's right. why it's under the wisdom modifier or the wisdom s- category, because sometimes perception is, can you sense something? Right. Yeah. I love that. And then last survival, your ability to follow the tracks of a creature that you're hunting down, um, your ability to start a fire in mm-hmm. a damp environment, all of that might be based on your survival. Anna, you are the queen of this last category, <laughs> charisma-based checks. Queen of charisma. I love yes. that. Yes. Okay. So one of my favorite uh, ability checks, deception. <laughs> 
And this is actually goes kind of hand in hand with insight sometimes, because Mm -hmm. if you as a player want to lie to your fellow players, you want to lie to an NPC about something, your DM might have you roll a deception check to see how well you're lying while they roll a counter insight check. And then whoever rolls higher kind of kind of wins that interaction, right? So if you roll high enough in your deception, then you've convinced them of whatever you're trying to sell. But if they roll higher than you on their insight, they see through your BS. Like that is such a fun way to use ability mm-hmm. checks against each other to drive the narrative forward. So deception, a fantastic check. Intimidation, that's right. Uh, you can intimidate other characters into doing what you want them to do. Uh, and intimidation checks are are how you get to know that. So yeah, you know what? There's a lot of different ways to interact with the people that are in your world. You can try to befriend. You can just straight up start a combat. Or you can try to bully them. And intimidation is how you get there. Um, performance, okay? One of my favorite checks to roll, frankly. Uh, we've talked a lot about one of my characters uh, who is a dragonborn bard. Bards, my bard especially, naturally is musically inclined, loves to be the center of attention, and kind of gains favor with the world around him by singing songs, telling stories, cracking jokes, being personable and all of those things, the success of those things is determined on how well I roll in my performance checks. Mm -hmm. And then finally, there's a great one, um, the persuasion. Okay. So where on one end of the spectrum, you have intimidation where you're just trying to bully your way into what you want. Another way to get there, you catch more flies with honey uh, mm-hmm. and you try to persuade a character into doing something. And that's where your uh, persuasion check comes in. But all of these you'll notice are are ways of interacting with the world to try to achieve your goals, right? So are you trying to hide something? Are you trying to gain something? Are you trying to uh, perform something? Are you trying to curry some favor? It's the way that you use your personality as a player to achieve your goals. Yeah. And so so those are all the specific identified skills in D&D. But sometimes as a DM, I like to just call for a general ability score check. So sometimes I might say, OK, make for me a dexterity check. Um, uh, one example um, is uh, when when a player is trying to recall information that I have told them many sessions ago um, and it's something that they really should have written down, but didn't. And I don't necessarily want to just give it to them because it's more fun if they have to work for it. I might say, go ahead and just make an intelligence check. So when I do that, I, I you roll a d20 and add whatever your intelligence modifier is. And usually for those, because you're not adding your proficiency modifier, because it's not a skill, I usually lower the DC for that. It's usually a relatively low DC in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one way that your DM might use ability scores as a check, as opposed to a specific skill. Um, and there's other examples of that in the game. There's a lot more checks than just what's written here. So for oh, yeah. example initiative initiative is a dexterity score check so you roll a d20 and add your dexterity modifier there are some classes where you get to add things or you have advantage on that role but at the end of the day it's an ability score check and then you have other things like tools Mm -hmm. and other types of kits and things so you might have like a forgery kit well your dm might say okay make a dexterity check because you're 
literally trying to move your hand in a certain way to copy someone's signature. Mm-hmm. And if you're proficient with that kit, you get to add your proficiency modifier. Um, so when you think about all the different kits and tools that are in the game, there are really so many different checks that you can do at any given time. That's right. And I mean, it can be like something really random, right? Like there's, you can buy a fishing pole. And if you're a character that has never fished before, which is me in real life, um, but you know, if you're like, okay, I'm going to try my hand at fishing for the first time, and now your DM knows that your character's never done that before, they can have you roll a check just to see how successful you'd be at something like that. So really, any which way, any action you take to interact with the world that um, the DM has created for you, he or she can ask you to make a roll just to see how successful you are at that thing. Just so it it's less predictable, more exciting, and relies on this character that you have created um, and kind of questions whether you've made smart choices about where you've put your points and where you've put your strengths, right? So that's what keeps it fun. Absolutely. So maybe let's think, okay, so you might be thinking to yourself, okay, this is great. How does this actually come up? How do I know what checks to make? How do I ask if I can make a check in game? Well, an example might be, okay, so you're sitting at a tavern um, and you and your party are having, you know, drinks after um, a long battle, a long journey that you just had. Or maybe it's the first session you're meeting for the first time at a tavern and um, a waiter comes by or a barkeep or whatever and says, all right, well, how much air do you want? And you say, all right, well, we want um, one for everyone. How much will that be? And this uh, this this smarmy human uh, barkeep says, well, that'll be a gold. And the the uh, cleric in your group says, a gold for four drinks. That is quite ridiculous. Um, How dare you? I demand that it is only four silver. Your DM might say, okay, cleric, you think it's only four silver? Go ahead and roll me a persuasion check. Or maybe your barbarian says, one gold? You've got to be fucking kidding me. I'll have your head for silver. Make an intimidation check. Or maybe there's a half-elf at the table that says, uh, actually, I, I spoke with the owner of the tavern, and he intimated that we'd actually be able to drink for free. So maybe Is that dear, right? That, that's absolutely correct. Is, uh, you know what, Anna? Go Believe ahead and make me. a deception check. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great example of deception versus me as a dm i would roll insight to see whether or not my character rolls high enough to tell if anna's character mm-hmm. is lying or what gin when my bard would do would be like <laughs> give us the drinks for free i'll sing you a song and then i roll a performance <laughs> check <laughs> yeah I, I mean really like ability checks can be used in so many different ways um and definitely talk to your dm about you know how how to go about doing that in the game i have and I'm, listen, I'm a little high maintenance as a DM. <laughs> I, I'm, I understand. Okay. However, I hate when someone's like, okay, I'm standing around. I'm looking around. I want to make a perception check to see how many uh, bears I see. I hate that. What I want you to do as the player is play the game. Right. And I will tell you whether a check is even necessary. Okay. So rather what I want my players to do is says, okay, so I want to, I want to go and look around. I'm keeping lookout. I'm standing on the back of the cart as we drive through the forest. I'm keeping a lookout. I'm listening for anything that might be, it might sound like a large creature. Then I, as the DM will say, 
go ahead and roll me a perception check or go mm-hmm. ahead and roll me whatever check it is that I want you to roll. Um, that helps to to not break the immersion of it being truly a role-playing game. Right. And, and that can be as simple as saying, I want to stealthily explore this room as opposed to saying, can I make a stealth check? to see how successful I am in this room and like play the game, right? Like you would tell your party, stay back. Uh, I'm going to just be a little stealthy, go inside, see if I can quietly figure out what's in this room. And that's an interaction that you get to have with, with the other PCs in your campaign versus breaking away from the game and being like, can I just roll a stealth check? Like what's funny. Yeah. (laughs) And what's funny about that, Anna is like a lot of people are are really intimidated by the the number of numbers that they have here and the number of (laughs) dice, but it's like, I, I, as the, let the DM do all the work for you, right? When you, when you play D and D aside from making your character, when you show up, it's really not that hard. You guys, you have to show up and just know what you want to do. And play along. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, you don't have to worry about making stealth checks. If you want to be stealthy, go ahead and describe what your character is doing and your DM will decide. And you know what? If you, if you describe it really well, your DM might even give you advantage on that check. Right. Your DM might even say, fuck, that was so good. You don't even have to roll no mm-hmm. one detects you yeah so play the game give their dm all of that 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 stuff to work with and and do your part as a player to really help build the environment and um and, and again people might have di- differing opinions on that it's not a hard and fast rule i think that for me is what i like to do as a player to to not break immersion. i'm with you yeah yeah the more we stay in the story the better the better the story is so. Absolutely. One of the things I see a lot in in like live play shows is people are like, okay, I want to do some kind of check. I don't know what check that would be. Okay, don't just ask that. Tell us just, what you want to do. <laughs> right. Just say, oh, okay, I'm going to go up. I'm going to read this book. I want to see what information I can glean from it. Let the DM tell you what that would be. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know that there's too much more to talk about abilities. Maybe, Anna, do you have like a check that uh, that you've done before that you've like, that just stands out in your mind as a really great one? Um... Oof. Well, you know, when we were going through the descriptions, uh, one of the great ones that we could use to explain is like a medicine check. You you talked about, you know, how uh, recognizing herbs that can be helpful, but we have a real life example in one of our games, Icewind Dale again. Mm-hmm. I, my character picked up a grenade and then it exploded <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> So obviously I needed some help uh, getting my hands sewn back on uh, and in hopefully working order. And RDM Clint, we love him. He did something so cool. He, you know, once we got to the medicine woman, essentially, that was going to be able to help sew my hand back onto my body, (laughs) he allowed the PCs to, to describe what they were doing to help the the medicine woman with my surgery, essentially, right? Like, so the description of that, and he had folks roll medicine checks, and then based on how successful those medicine checks were, those points got added to my own medicine check or survival check or whatever that I eventually made after the surgery to determine how successful that surgery was. So that was a really cool, like, multi-layered ability check with 
real consequences for my character because there was a chance that if I rolled too low and hadn't gotten the help from the other players Mm -hmm. that, you know, I would have lost the hand or lost all feeling in the hand or not been able to move. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty bad thing to happen. So I thought that was a really, really cool way to combine everyone's skills, everyone's abilities, have folks engaged in the process, rolling for things and being part of it. And it was really cool yeah i yeah. love that one uh, from ice also from icewind deal one of my favorite ability checks was when um your brother's uh uh when your brother brought out a dragon egg and i had my <laughs> character inky do a nature check to determine what kind of dragon egg it was i got i think a nat 20 mm-hmm. i I was the only player in the game who got to know that that was actually a white dragon egg, which in an icy environment is pretty, you know, I have some consequences there. (laughs) Um, And uh, I just loved having that knowledge that the other players didn't have. And and that's knowledge. I mean, when he says he no one else knew literally only him and the dm knew Uh, even my brother the or jojo who plays my brother in the campaign nor i knew what kind of dragon it was going to be so that's pretty cool (laughs) also i'd be remiss if i didn't say i mentioned this on the on the main podcast once but when we had our holiday special and Aya's Umbra did a performance <laughs> check, I sang a rendition of Santa Baby done in the D&D style. And um, I think I scored like an 18 plus I had like four or five. And um, I did a performance check and wooed the crowd. Uh, and uh, that my performance was legendary. Um And in that same episode, as I like to call it, the holiday episode, very special holiday episode, um, one of our one of our tasks was to make this like unflappable woman laugh with jokes. And this like we had been told that that was going to be one of our tasks that the next session. So I had done. I honestly, I probably spent like an hour coming up with D and D puns to <laughs> to perform for this woman, and this it is was... a, this is a scenario in which you both love and hate a good role, yeah. um, because uh, you know after each joke, I was to make a role to see if she was going to laugh, and if she laughed, then we were going to be successful and like gain cheer points back and stuff like that, and literally on the first of like 30 puns <laughs> I rolled a 19 and I have crazy performance on it. it's like mm-hmm. plus seven so literally on the first roll she laughs and then I was sitting there and I was like am I going to be able to tell the rest of my comedy routine because I am going to be so upset if I cannot but Clint was kind <laughs> enough to let me so <laughs> so good so freaking good well, wow. so we've just we've just slightly opened the the box of, mm-hmm. on on what you could use ability score checks for. Um, there's no limit. This is D and D. The limit is your imagination. The limit does not exist. The it's Mean Girls exist. rules. Limit does not exist. So yeah, let your mind run wild, friends. <laughs> Anna, I think we're getting close to the end. But next episode, oh. I'm gonna fight you. I'm going to fight you back. (gasps) Combat. (gasps) Let's talk about combat next time. Let's do it. Class is dismissed. (gasps) Whoa.